Today we are going to feast for lunch. That doesn't bother me at all. Food has been prepared. All are invited. You can stay for conversation and you can stay for table games. John Michael did us all a favor and he brought the game Catan for us. So first come, first serve. I'm first. We do this every month. It's a good time to get together. You see, it is a feast that we are proud of. And that's the title of today's lesson. A feast to be proud of. The first point is the preparation. Preparation is a big deal, especially for those who do a lot of preparing. We want the best for others. And you know what? The best takes time. Fortunately, we have many hands here that do variety of things for this feast. Some of us make the main dishes, some of us the side dishes, and of course, many of our favorites, the desserts. I don't think I've honestly had a bad meal here yet. So if you guys in the back visiting from Lyman feel like you need to stay, we will understand. Weddings are another example of feasting. For those who know, preparation is the key. Where is the venue? Who provides the food and drink? Who's going to be the entertainment? Of course, invitations. Those were always fun. Lots and lots of invitations. No accounting for hoping that you get a lot of gifts from it. But invitations are very important in our preparation. If too many people come unknown and they didn't RSVP, well, that can be disastrous for the person who's preparing because there just might not be enough food. Jesus and his disciples came to a wedding in Galilee. Do you recall that? For whatever reason, the wine ran out. A social nightmare. A social nightmare. John chapter 2, 1 through 11. Jesus, his mother, and disciples came to the wedding. Jesus was invited to come to it. The wine ran out, and the mother of Jesus said to Jesus, Hey, there's a problem here. Well, what does that have to do with me? Am I the wedding coordinator? Oh, come on, Jesus. Now, we might think that Mary absolutely knew that Jesus was already doing miracles. This is something not out of the ordinary for him, but I don't know. I don't know. You recall that Judas kept the money bag. Others brought in money for their work as in their mission to support those people that were going around for food. Maybe Mary was going, hey, Jesus, can you dip into the pocket of your money bag and go to the vendor and get some more wine? I'm not sure which exact way happened, but 
Jesus said, my time has not yet come. But he decides to do something miraculous. And he gets these purification jars of water. And he makes wine out of it. And of course, the master of ceremonies, because that's how, what a big deal these marriages are. The master of ceremonies, he, he tastes the wine. He makes the announcement. At the wedding, people serve the best wine until they've drunk a lot, and then they serve the cheaper wine because they, that's just the way it goes. But you saved the best wine until last. What was Jesus' preparation for this? Was he ready for such an event? You see, Jesus is God. Is there anything that lacks his ability? Can he help in a situation that we are lacking in? If we are in Jesus, will we lack anything of importance? You see, Jesus was already prepared. He is God. The second point, the, the invite. Who do you want at the wedding? Well, family, friends, co-workers, and maybe, depending on your status, people of influence. So you can rub shoulders a little bit. And so Jesus teaches a parable in Luke chapter 14, verses 15 through 24. Luke 14, 15 through 24. And it's a parable about a great banquet. And somebody, during Jesus' discussion, blessed are those who eat bread in the kingdom of God. Verse 15. But Jesus said to him, a man's, man once gave a great banquet and invited many. Did they come? Boy, he sent out the invitations. Did they come? He made all this preparation beforehand. Did they come? No. They had excuses. Excuse after excuse after excuse. And the context of this is wonderful. The whole context. Because they were trying to find fault in Jesus. God sent out an invitation. It was Jesus himself. Will they accept him? Will they follow him? He brings out the invite. But excuse after excuse after excuse. So the servants were sent out to all the other people out there so that they can come. 
Though this parable may shed light on how certain people treat God, he does want all people to accept his invitation to feast with him in heaven. That's another way to look at salvation. A way we can feast with God for eternity. Do you think the food's going to be bad? Do you think the, the discussion groups will be off the wall? Do you think people will be happy and smiling? You see, Jesus is the invite, but he's also the feast. Sometimes scripture talks about the wise being different from the little ones. You see that a lot in John's writings. The wise are those who don't listen to God. The little ones are those who listen to him. Matthew 11:28 through 30 or 28-30 says, "Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in spirit, and you will find rest. The little ones listen to the invite. The invite is Jesus. And the feast is Jesus. The third point is the response. The response is a crucial part of the whole process. All have their validity, all have their need, but if no one shows up, well, a lot of food's gonna go to waste. I remember being invited to a boy's birthday party when I was in grade school. He had a, his parents had a nice big old house on a big plot of land almost in the middle of South Side Des Moines. Trees all around. You didn't venture in because people thought it was haunted. You know, we're kids. So I get invited, but nobody else showed up. Nobody else showed up. You can tell it bothered him. But we ended up having a very good time. We went out into the woods and played army. We had our guns. We had our hiding spots. We dug in the dirt. We climbed the trees. It was a good time. Isn't what, that what God is looking for? Those who choose to come to his invite? How many times do people have to be invited before they decide to accept the invitation? Well, as many times as it takes until we have no more time left. How urgent is that? It's pretty urgent. This is true in the parable of the feast. All his invited guests had excuses. 
because they just didn't want to be there. Can you imagine? There are people who don't want to be in heaven with God. I find that very disturbing. But it's true. But did that stop the banquet from happening? No. He still had his party. And he had a good time with those who came. The lame, the blind, the spiritually corrupt, who need a Savior. See, God seeks a response from all people. The wise of the world will waffle. Ah, why do I have to go to church? Why do I need to read the Bible? Why do I need to commit myself? They'll waffle. They'll be disinterested. And in the end, they just decline the invitation. The little ones. Oh, that John says about the little ones. They listen. They seek. They desire. They want. They pursue the feast of Jesus. You see, God says everything is ready. It's ready. Jesus is your invite, and Jesus is your feast. Will you consume him and his teachings? Will you partake in his words? That's the idea that comes out of John chapter 6. Jesus is the bread of life. Not like the manna that your forefathers had in the wilderness and died. Jesus is the bread of life. His words are eternal. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. <clears throat> if you look at it, it's about living for him. It's about consuming him in your life. Not just symbolically on the Lord's Supper, which is very important. Remember what disciple means. Student. And what happened to those students who refused to consume him? to study his words, to listen to his teachings. They left. They left. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoke to you are spirit and 
life. John chapter 6, verse 63. The words that I have spoken to you. What do you lack? What do you lack? John 6, 66 through 69, and I will finish up. 6, 66 through 69. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the twelve, Do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the what? The words of eternal life. If you have those words, what do you lack? The lesson is called a feast to be proud of. God made the preparation. He sent out the invite and the feast is the words of God that give eternal life. This world presents a lot of things that we think we lack, and they're so good at it. Letting us know everything that we don't have but the reality is, if you're in Christ, what do you really lack? Nothing. So, when we put this aside, that we're supposed to be as a representation of who Jesus is, because, of course, it all comes from him, doesn't it? By default, what are we going to start consuming? The world. The world's teaching. You know what? This is a feast to be proud of. If there's anyone today who has any needs prayer requests or would like to talk to an elder or myself or one of the deacons about your relationship with God, this is a great time to do that together as we stand and sing.